Shalom, and thank you for listening to the weekly teaching from Nachamu Ami. It's our honor that you've chosen to participate virtually, and we hope that this lesson will be an inspiration in your daily walk. Don't miss a single teaching. Be sure to download the Nachamu Ami app by visiting our website at www.makeandmessianic.com and clicking the Download the App button in the top left corner. Enjoy the message. I have to be honest with you. I, since last week, I've really had my head in the clouds. Thank you. Thank you for somebody getting that. We talked about the clouds of glory last week and, and, and the real ones, not, not the ones around the synagogue. But, you know, the, the interesting thing is um, there's more to that than, than what I said last week. And in this consideration, and I want to just, I want to keep you, um, I want to keep you connected to Sukkot for as long as we can, because it's, it's a special, special time, but there's more coming after it. And really what I want to do is tie up some loose ends that I've, I've pondered um, as we come to the end of the festival cycle. But in these, tying up these loose ends, there are some very, very, very powerful, beautiful things about the amazing work of God and His appointed times and the beauty of the heart of Messiah Yeshua for His people. But I, I want to, of course, start with a question because we're in Jewish space and everything has to be a question, right? <clears throat> Leviticus 23 we talked last week that the commandment regarding Sukkot, one of them says, I want you to live in these booths so that your generations may know that I had the sons of Israel live in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord, your God. And, and we talked about that, and, but there's, there's a, this is the question. <clears throat> Why would we wait to celebrate Sukkot to the end of the year? Because Sukkot is one of the Shalosh Regalim. It's one of the three big festivals. It's one of Pesach to Shavuot to Sukkot. And in that commandment is you should always go up to Jerusalem. Now, there's this kind of logical thing, I would think, that says if we remember when we dwelled in booths. Do you remember when it happened? We, we stopped, interestingly, coming out of Egypt, we stopped in this place called, you remember the first, first stop on the wanderings of Israel, not the wanderings, but the journey out of Israel, you remember what it was called? It was called Sukkot, and I don't know where the slide is, but it's in uh, Genesis, I can't remember where it is in Genesis, but it, it, I, uh, Jacob built these, these Sukkot, these booths for his, cat, for his cattle. So we're coming out of Egypt. So what's the timing here? Forget, forget that. That was a tangent. That's probably why I don't have a slide for it, because I don't even know what I'm talking about. So <laughs> the time frame is this. We're in Egypt. We celebrate what? Pesach, right? And then we come out of Egypt... And we go to Sinai, and we have Shavuot. And then from there, where are we going? 
we're going into the land. That's what's supposed to happen. But along the way, we dwelled in booths on the way. So in my mind, in my way of thinking, I'm saying, well, and the three festivals are connected already. Why wouldn't we just like consecutively do that? Pesach, Shavuot, Sukkot. It would make sense. Why don't we do it? Well, it's a pretty easy and obvious answer because the Torah says, celebrate as well the feast of ingathering at the end of the year when you gather in your crops, okay? So it would seem, therefore, quite obvious that the reason we do it is because God said, do it, hag ha'asif, the feast of ingathering, at the end of the year. And it is a harvest festival complete with prayers for rain, they're working. Look outside. And, and, you know, a thankfulness and a rejoicing and a celebration that the crop has been gathered in and we're asking God. So it's the end of the season. And so we can say, this doesn't have to be argued. There's these secular, secular uh, uh, theologians who always say, listen, you try to spiritualize everything. This is just a harvest festival. It's like every other ancient Near Eastern culture. They had a harvest festival and they're praying to God to give them rain. I mean, come on. Well, that's true. That's a part of it. And that can't be, doesn't need to be, shouldn't be argued. It is a harvest festival. But is it possible that there's maybe more to it? Of course there is, because there always is. And I'm certain that the timing must be more important than just the harvest. Do you agree? that it could be. Good, because that'll get us started. So here's a thought. Back to literally, I told you my head's were, head was in the clouds. It was. I want to go back to the clouds of glory that we talked about a little bit last week, because Exodus 13, they set out from, there it is, they set out from Sukkot and camped in Etham, and on the edge of the wilderness, the Lord was going before them, what? in a pillar of cloud by day to lead them on the way and in a pillar of fire by night to give them light that they might travel by day and night. He didn't take away the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. So what did we say that was? The cloud of glory. Tradition, most opinions suggest that the fire and the cloud, day and night, were the cloud of glory. Okay, and we talked about that. So, when we set out from Sukkot after Egypt, the cloud was going. And everything was going good. We've got Pesach behind us, the lamb, the slaughter, people are dead. That's good in this case. We go on to Sinai and we're going to have Shavuot. And there the giving of the Torah happens and the marriage document. And we're in relationship now. We're in covenant with God. That's Pesach to Shavuot. And the cloud is going with us. And there's a special thing that happens with the cloud at Sinai. And we have all this cool cloudness. And obviously then the next thing is we're headed to the land. Milk, honey, crops, celebration, rejoicing. But Houston, we've got a problem. Something happened. And what was it? What happened? When Moses delayed, according to the people's expectations, and he didn't come down on their time frame, what happened? Something bad happened. The golden calf happened. And 
everything that we had accomplished together with God up to that point came to a crashing, screeching halt. And so now, sin has interrupted the plan. Moses goes up to finalize the plans. He doesn't come down as expected. They get in an uproar. And then, bam, golden bovine. And the Vilna Gaon, uh, uh, a sage, has a very interesting and beautiful suggestion for us to consider. He says that not only did the golden calf happen, something way worse happened. The cloud of glory departed from the people at that time. And so we've got now a major problem on our hands. We've got idolatry, we've got sin, and the presence of God, which is represented by this pillar of fire, cannot stay in the midst of the people. And so the Vilna Gaon says that the clouds of glory left and were gone. So what happens? Well, God was ready to destroy the people, and he should have been ready to destroy the people. He had every right in justice to when you tell me you'll do something, and then not only do you not do it, you just utterly, just disgustingly turn from it by worshiping another God. He had every right to destroy the people. But who steps in? The first Redeemer. Moshe. And what does he do? He intercedes, right? And really remarkably, he changes God's mind. How does he do that? He does that in the most amazing way, which again has nothing to do with what I'm talking about, but I just want to make this point. He does it by reminding God of who he is. Do you ever ever thought about that? how much clout and pull Moses had? Because what did he say? Remember who you are. Remember the promises you made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? But anyway, Moses, he he goes up after this thing, smashes the tablets, goes back up. How long is he up? 40 days. What's he doing? He's begging for forgiveness. He's interceding for the people of Israel for 40 days. Then what happens? He spends another 40 days up on the mountain. What's he doing this time? Now he's getting the second set of tablets. And he comes down after having been up there from, so you're with me on the time frame, right? We had the golden calf. He got mad. He went up for 40. He was up for another 40. He came down. What day did he come down? We just celebrate it. I'll let you. I'll let you in on a little hint. It's a big thing. Yom Kippur. The tenth of Tishrei. Moses descends from the mountain with the tablets, and it's Yom Kippur. And what do we do on Yom Kippur? We receive forgiveness which is why the calendar is tied to Moses coming down with the tablets and saying, we hear, we say it, salachti, salachti. God says, I have forgiven. 
on the 10th of Tishrei, Yom Kippur. That wasn't that long ago. And so Moses has this promise for the people. He says, not only has he forgiven you, but he's, he's going he's gonna, to like, be with us. He's going to take you back. But he says, I've got really good news for you. Really good news. We're down with these two tablets. It's the 10th of Tishrei. It's Yom Kippur. Here's some good news. You ready? You get to show that you're interested and involved and have some devotion. How are you going to do it? God is reiterating the fact that we're going to have his presence in our midst in what? The tabernacle. And what do you get to do, people? You get to bring all your valuables to God. Gold, oil, spices, all the things, turquoise and gems, and you're going to bring them all. Did they bring them? Yes. How much did they bring? They brought a lot. And they brought a lot and a lot for two days. It says in the, in the Torah, day upon day or day after day. So for two days, they're just bringing handfuls of their stuff in, and why wouldn't they? They deserve to be dead and cut off from God. It's like a kid who gets in trouble and writes his mom a little you know, card and spends all this time doing it. Of course, we're bringing barrels of stuff for two days, and Moses says, the craftsmen say, listen, there's enough. And he says, okay, stop, don't bring anymore. Tenth of Tishrei comes down. Two days, they're bringing in all their stuff. What date are we up to? The 13th of Tishrei. On the 14th of Tishrei, all of the craftsmen are taking in all the stuff and they're cataloging it and putting it where it needs to go and they get it all set up on the 14th of Tishrei and then something happens on the 15th of Tishrei. The construction of the tabernacle begins. What is the 15th of Tishrei? Sukkot. I don't get it, Damien. Okay, well, just listen to me for one second. So, the Vilna says, that day, the clouds of glory returned to the people of Israel. On Sukkot. After They had been separated from God by their sins. The process of repentance and awakening and all the things that had happened culminate. Numbers 9 later says it. And and you can, there's, it's, it's, it's not even worth going into like all of the details of that. But the big broad point is they were gone because of sin. And on the 15th of Tishrei, the clouds return to the people. What does that mean? Well, it could mean, and does, that Yom Kippur is a connection to, to something very big. But it does not stop there, obviously, because the season of rejoicing that we all for some inexplicable reason feel happy and Dave and Glenn dance around arm in arm at the back of the synagogue while we play Sukkot music. Something supernatural took place. 
And could it be that Yom Kippur is one thing? Yeah, it's very, very important, but it's not the only thing. Because if you think about this, to say you're forgiven, you have a huge fight with a friend or a spouse, God forbid, but you do. And there's this fallout, like knockdown, drag out. At the end of that, is it enough to hear, fine, I forgive you? Salakti. Is that what we want? Is that how a conflict should end? What we want is the embrace. We want the, you know what? I love you. I'm sorry. I forgive you now. That's what we want in a conflict. That's how we want things to end. It's not enough to just say, Salakti, I forgive you, whatever. There's got to be the love and the return into the fold. And the Vilna beautifully points out that those clouds returning on Sukkot is the embrace of God for the people. After Rosh Hashanah has awoken us from our slumber and the days of awe have convicted us of our sin and our acknowledgement of our sins and acceptance and, and we've heard salakti, then God just gives us a big hug and says, it's cool, we're going forward. Man, so you're supposed to have an application for every sermon you give, some life application. I'm gonna have to let you find it in that. I'm going to have to let you draw your own conclusions because, man, that is so beautiful. I didn't make it up. It's just that it's, it's so meaningful. And it had to happen. Why did God say, celebrate Sukkot at the end of the year? I want to point out something interesting. I told you at the beginning when we were reading in Exodus about when to celebrate Sukkot in Exodus 23, pre-golden calf, he says at the, end, at the end of the year, right? Look at the language after the golden calf. That was pre-golden calf. Celebrate as well the feast of ingathering at the end of the year when you gather your crops from the field. After the golden calf, by the way, this is the Torah portion. This is the Torah portion for this week for Sukkot, which is Moses' intercession. And what's the theme of this Torah portion? It is, let us know, God, that you're going with us. That, and God says, my presence shall go with you and I will give you rest. And then he said, if you don't, what can we do? He says, I'm going. I'm back. We're back. We're going. But here's the point I wanted to make. Here's after the golden calf in Exodus 34, their command for Sukkot. You shall celebrate the Feast of Weeks, that is first fruits of the wheat harvest, and the Feast of Ingathering at what? The turn of the year or the change of the year. What is the theme of the high holidays? Shuvah, 
turn, come back. Is that not incredible? It's, it's it, like the changing of the year. It means really kind of completing a circuit, but that's also what we're doing. The circuit was disconnected throughout the year, and so we're turning and we're changing at this change of time in this year, and we're reconnected and we're pugged back in, and the cloud's going with us. Man, I love that. It's the same, Rabbi, end of year, turn of the year. No, it's not. We're different. We turned. We turned over the last 21 days. We changed. We came back, God willing, and he came back. Not that he was really that far away from us. God is only as far away as we push him. But we drew him back in, and he said, Salachti, I love you, we're good. And what do we do with this in Sukkot? What, what is this? This is, this is the four species and the sages, this is, this is Sukkot, okay? The sages make a beautiful interpretation of this too. You have here the lulav, the spine. It's to be compared to the backbone of the human. You have the etrog, which is to be compared to the heart of the human. You have the willow, which is to be compared to the mouth of the human being. And you have the myrtle, which is to be compared to the eye of the human being. So within this, during this time at the turn of the year, when we go into the sukkah, which represents God's presence with us, we take ourselves in and what do we do with it? We wave it as an offering unto God. And what are we giving him? God You said to me, love me with all your heart, soul, and strength. I give you my heart back. I give you my backbone, my strength. I give it back to you. God, my mouth, which I've used to curse and cause damage and problems, and even to turn from you, my eyes, the things which I have looked upon evil and beheld and not turned away, everything, God, at this season of the year, I'm giving to you. It had to be Sukkot. And it's so put together. And then what happens? What happens? We go through all this and God says, you know what? I told you we're cool, but you know what? Now we're really cool. And so here's what we'll do. Tell you what. 21 days we've been doing this for the last seven in the Sukkah. Let's have one more day. Nothing in the way. You don't have to wave anything. I get the message. You don't have to build anything. You don't have to fast. You don't have to do anything. But let's just sit together. Hold back. Don't rush away so fast. Shmini Atzeret. Come back. And let's spend this seemingly mysterious eighth day together. It's not mysterious at all. It's the conclusion to everything we've talked about. And then what happens? God says, now, we're going to take my word, we're going to read the end of it, and we're going to turn it back to the beginning. And we are going forward together. Simchas Torah, as they say in the Ashkenaz. 
Simchat Torah, a celebration of all that God has done. Awesome? Totally awesome. Totally awesome God. Is it any wonder at all that Yeshua would choose this season to say what he said, to make this plea and say, forgiveness is the theme, I'm here, come on, let's do it, we can be cool and go forward together, but I am the way during Sukkot. Sukkot is so much more than building some covered shack and celebrating a harvest. That is part of it, of course. But there is so incredibly much more. And God knows what he's doing, my friends. His calendar, his clouds, his awesomeness, everything that he's done in this season is for you and me and him. So I encourage you, over these last couple of days with Hoshana Rabbah and Shmini Atzeret and Simchat Torah on the way, put this little message somewhere in your heart and always remember it and think of the clouds of glory. And for once, it's okay to have your head in the clouds. Shabbat Shalom. We hope you enjoyed the weekly teaching We'd love to hear from you with a comment, a prayer request, or questions you might have. We believe the mission and message of Messianic Judaism is something the world needs now. If you enjoy these teachings, would you consider financially supporting the work of Nachamu Ami by visiting our website at www.makinmessianic.com and clicking the Give Online button in the upper right corner. Thank you again for listening.